we've entered what is probably the hardest month for children. Because it is a month, basically, of waiting. And waiting is really hard, isn't it? Even as, as you get older, waiting is hard. Whether you are waiting for something, right? You could be thinking of, I'm waiting to... Well, if you're in school, I'm waiting for finals to come. That might be a wait you're ready for. Or if you've taken your finals, you're waiting for a grade, which also might be something you're waiting for, depending on how you feel the test went. Or it could be something you're looking forward to. It could be that package that you've ordered, and it seems as though that the Amazon shipping never seems to be quite as fast as you had hoped because perhaps you had a deadline, and so now you're sitting, waiting for the Amazon or the UPS truck to pull up to your door. Could be that you're waiting for something else. Promotion. You could be waiting for something to happen at work. You could be waiting for a project to finish. And no matter what it is, waiting many times is hard. Could be waiting for someone. Right? You could be waiting for someone especially maybe this last week, as you were getting together with family or friends, right? You were waiting for them to show up. It could be that you were waiting or looking forward to someone coming for Christmas, and, and thus involves a wait. It, it might even be more than waiting as you are looking forward to them coming, right? You, you look and you listen for a car coming down the road. As you are looking forward and waiting for that person to show up, you're listening for a door closing in your driveway, the doorbell ringing. Could be if they're traveling, you're waiting for a phone call or a text that says they've arrived. Waiting, whether it's for something or for someone, is hard. And waiting for someone that you love might be the most difficult thing of all, huh? Whether it's waiting for that someone to show up in that, well, you're, it's the first someone to show up that you and your young family has ever had, or you're waiting for older folks like your parents to show up for something, waiting for someone that you love is hard. It's something that God's people have done for thousands of years. It's something similar to what we heard echoed in our Bible readings this morning, that we're watching and waiting for a loved one to return, Jesus. And so as the, the Christian church enters a brand new season and a brand new church year, we are reminded of God's promise that his son is going to return. It's what Advent means. Advent means coming. And so God's people look forward to and eagerly wait for our Savior to return. But as you have probably well experienced yourself, waiting and watching for that Savior, that loved one of ours to return, is hard. It's not the first time, though, that God's people have had to wait and to watch for God's promises to be fulfilled. You can think of 2,000 years ago, which is where our sermon text takes place. 
God's people have been waiting and watching. Listen to the words of our gospel lesson from the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at the doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing, untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. As Jesus entered Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday, God's people had been waiting and watching. And not just for a short amount of time either. They had been waiting and watching for the Savior that God had promised thousands of years. The the Bible lessons that were ringing in their ears were promises of God that had told them, well, in, in, in greater detail, each time it seemed a promise from God came, where that Savior was going to be born and who that Savior was going to be. Right? God's word had told them that that Savior would be born in Bethlehem, that it would be born to a virgin, that he would heal the sick, that the deaf would hear, the blind would see, the lame would walk. That Savior that God had promised would come and die to take away the sins of all people. And so, God's people waited. And they watched. In fact, Isaiah in his book talks about how he would wait and would watch and would study God's word, waiting for that Messiah that God had promised, even though, unknown to Isaiah that Savior was still hundreds of years away. And then one day those promises began to be fulfilled, huh? The blind could suddenly see. The deaf could hear. The lame could walk. And then a teacher gets on a donkey and fulfills Scripture and shows his his omni... omni omniscience his all-knowingness right as he sends his disciples forward to get a donkey and he he fulfills scripture and, and rides into jerusalem as people yell hosanna not all god's people though were ready for the savior because it turns out as you are waiting for a loved one well it's hard And so God's people, as they waited and watched for that loved one of theirs, that that Savior to come back, well, it was hard for them. It didn't take much for them to be distracted. 
and they got distracted by all the same things that distract you and me. They got distracted by the cares and concerns of this world. They were distracted by the houses they lived in, the jobs they had, the work they had to do around the house. They got distracted by their neighbors, their family. They got distracted by a whole lot of things that you and I get distracted by. They got distracted by false teachers who came and told them that, well, yeah, that Savior was coming, but what was more important was how they lived and what they did. And so as they listened to those false teachers, that promise of a Savior who would come and save them from their sin grew dimmer and dimmer in their ears. Not that God was getting quieter and quieter, But as the distractions grew, they were walking farther and farther away from their God and that promise of a Savior. You know, it's hard for you and me. As you and I wait for our Savior to return, Because those same distractions are there. Those same distractions that God's people have wrestled with for thousands of years, you and I are forced to wrestle with in our own lives. Distractions. The cares and concerns of this world that would take us, take our eyes off of our Savior and his promises and would rather focus them on something else. Distractions that mess up all the priorities we have in life where we can say on the one hand that our Savior and our relationship to Him is the most important thing and yet if someone were to take a very objective view of our life they'd say, well, the time that you spend with that Savior for as important as you say He is in your life doesn't really seem to say He's all that important. Because we get distracted by everything else. And the more distracted we get, the more those promises of God are quieter in our ears. The more distracted we get, the less prepared we are, and the less we watch and we wait for our loved one to come back. And what's even more dangerous about it is that because we know our Savior, because we know that Jesus died for us, it's so easy for us to have this false sense of security of saying, I'm prepared. I know that Jesus died for me. And then we stop listening to his word altogether. And being unprepared, as we've heard over the last couple weeks, for our Savior to come back is spiritually dangerous, isn't it? To have a head knowledge of some simple facts of what Scripture says, but not to be digging into God's Word and saying, I know my Savior, I know what He has done for me, and I know how He wants me to continue to live as His child, to be continually digging into God's Word and hearing again and again, not only about my sin, but about my Savior, and that's how I'm prepared and ready for my Savior to come back. Boy, if I begin to lose sight of that, and those promises of God get dim in my ear, 
and I'm not prepared for my Savior to come. Well, not being prepared and not being ready means not spending an eternity with my God in heaven. It leads us to join in with the Israelites as they they watch Jesus ride into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday to say, Hosanna. Hosanna originally was a cry that said, save us. Right, and and how fitting for the, the Israelites as they watched Jesus ride into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday to say, Hosanna. Even the faithful Israelites who were ready and waiting for that Messiah to come knew and understood their great need for that Savior. They knew all about how they had been distracted in life and how those distractions had led them into sin. And so they cried out, Lord, save us! As they watched that Savior ride into Jerusalem. It's the same cry that's on our lips. Lord, save us. Hosanna. I see all the distractions in my life, all the misplaced priorities that exist, and what I need most of all is someone to save me. And that Savior who rides in, who knows all things, who fulfills Scripture, rides into Jerusalem knowing exactly what is waiting for him. As he goes on and continues to fulfill all of God's word, well, he suffers at the hands of wicked men, and he dies. And he rises again to assure his disciples, to assure his followers, to assure you that your sin is forgiven. That all those things that distract you, all those misplaced priorities you have, aren't things that separate you from God, but instead have been things that have been paid for by Him with His perfect life and His death and now His resurrection. So that Jesus could look each one of you in the eye and say, you haven't disappointed me in the least. Instead, my perfect life and my death has covered all of it. And so you stand before God forgiven. That cry of Hosanna then by the time Jesus comes in has, had changed into a cry of, of joy and praise as they welcomed someone, someone important. Right? And so as that Savior comes in, disciples who, who knew God's promises who knew their sin was going to be forgiven by their Savior, or for you and me, followers of Christ, who know exactly what that Savior came and what he did, cry out, Hosanna! As a shout of of rejoicing and praise that our Savior has come. The Savior who has forgiven our sin. The Savior who's declared us to be his own. Jesus is the answer to that prayer, Hosanna. Save us. Hosanna is a a good word for Advent, huh? As we wait and we watch for our Savior. It's a good word for Advent because it forces us to, well, to remember our sinfulness 
and to cry out to our Lord, save us. It's a good word for Advent as we look forward to our Savior's return and the joy that's in our hearts, knowing that our sin is forgiven, that a Savior is coming who's going to take us to be with him forever. And so as children of God, we wait and we watch because someone we love is coming back. So what do we do? What do we do as we wait and we watch? How do we wait and we watch? Well, even in this scripture, this lesson, even in this lesson from scripture that we have in Mark, we have something we can learn. Right? What did the disciples do as Jesus was preaching and teaching and now as he tells a couple of them to go on ahead? They listened. And so as we wait and we watch for our Savior, we listen. But we listen to our God and the promises he has given to us in his word. We listen carefully to his word personally. As we dig into God's word on our own, through our own personal devotions, we do it together as a family. Perhaps you've already signed up for the Advent kits, which include a devotion book both for adults and, and children. It's a way for you as a family to, well, to dig into God's word and to listen to your Savior as you wait and you watch for his return. It means we wait and we watch by obeying. And not just having those words of God flow in one year and out the other, but as we we hear not only God's promises, but his, his words of saying, this is how as a child of God you live. With joy in your light, li joy in your life. It means being patient and kind to those around you. It means loving your neighbor the same way you love yourself. It means one way that we wait and we watch for our Savior's return is by obeying and letting our light shine by living his word in our life. And we wait and we watch as we worship. As we cry out, Hosanna. Praise to the God who has come, who has saved us, and who is coming again. It means doing this, huh? Being able to gather together with our fellow believers who are waiting and watching to not only be encouraged and reminded and strengthened in our waiting and our watching, but being able together to worship and praise the God who has saved us. Waiting for a loved one to come, it's hard. Distractions abound. There are things that are going to cry out for your attention and demand to be a priority in your life. And sometimes those distractions will win. But as you wait and you watch, you can pray Hosanna. Lord, save me. Save me, for all, save me from all those times when the distractions get the best of me. And take me back to my Savior who forgives me.
and who picks me up and dusts me off and strengthens me to wait and watch for his return. And then, Lord, may Hosanna be on my lips as I joyfully worship you as I wait and watch for your return. Waiting and watching. It's your life and mine as we look for our Savior's return. Amen. And the peace of God, which goes beyond our understanding, will guard and keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We respond to God's word this morning by joining together in proclaiming our Christian faith using the